Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky, and this week I am joined with Brett Freeman. Hey everyone. Jonathan Lee. Hello everybody. Chance Crawford. Hello, hello. And astronaut, Navy SEAL, and Dr. Johnny Kim from the United States of America. I wish Johnny Kim. We just had a very long discussion talk about which pilot johnny kim would be and brett you think he would be wedge i mean i mean i originally thought hawk but yeah wedge seems pretty good this guy seems like a literal american hero like no one has any idea who we're even talking about but you know no this is what we spent the last hour doing <laughs> google johnny kim and then you'll just feel bad about yourself and all your accomplishments that you've ever done in life. Yeah, the guy's three months older than me, and uh, I mean, I'm almost right there, so I'll, I'll catch up, you know, soon. Let's you see. know, Brett, you could match him with kids. I... <laughs> okay. Congratulations, Brett. Thank you. Brett's having a kid. No, I'm not. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, uh, Jonathan, what were you saying? Oh, I'd, uh, I'm sure there are many Johnny Kims in the world. So I'd say search Johnny Kim, NASA, astronaut, Navy SEAL, doctor. You can probably stop after NASA, let's be honest. I'm sure we'll find him. That is true. Okay, so he would definitely be Wedge. I don't think there's any, uh, any, any argument of him being Boba or even Han for that matter. Um, but there's a lot, I mean, over the past couple of weeks, uh, with X-Wing, I feel like we are on this really weird path. I'm sorry. Let me, let me restart this. We are, we were supposed to have a beer episode tonight because we are, um, recording on a Saturday as opposed to a Sunday. And I feel like I'm the only person drinking Jonathan's drinking as well, but the other two people let me down tonight. And that is I have a bottle in my hand right now, sir. You have a bottle of Angry Orchard, and you said, this is all I'm drinking. Well, it's all I have right now. I wasn't prepared, even though you gave me three days' notice. You know, you have plenty of time. Jonathan, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a Tenjaku blended whiskey from Japan. Ooh. And after I am done this bottle, I do have a Laphroaig Select single malt scotch on that hand. Is, that is, is so much cooler than we are. And, <laughs> and if, if I should burn through that, I do have uh, a six-pack of Pizza Boy in the uh, refrigerator. So Pizza Boy, great Pennsylvania microbrew. Highly recommend. I have. I am drinking some really bad tequila and orange juice, and uh, when I am done this, I will be switching to Allagash White. And that is going to be a fun night. Alright, so, back to what I was saying before we get too sloppy. Uh, so I feel like over the past couple of weeks, we've definitely been, like, the, I feel like there is this, like, almost like a great divide. Uh, I don't even want to really say divide, but I feel like we're still two months into 2.5, getting some kind of pushback of people that are still wanting to play 2.0 as opposed to 2.5. I feel like some people, I wouldn't say are necessarily quitting the game, but uh, I'm like, I'm thinking that like 
a lot of people just aren't on the same page and it, it's almost demoralizing. So I, I think we're going to take a little bit of a different approach to this episode and kind of just like open it up to like, just talk whatever we want to talk about and like have uh, like why not. I, I don't want to say why we play X-Wing and here we are having fun, but like do a little bit different. Like I, I don't really care about like meta analysis right now. I don't care about, um, Finding the best things, but like I, I really kind of want to talk about, um, like the, the other sides of X Wing, like that aren't just the game. So, like, I mean, we can start off right off the bat. Um, what our experiences are, like the community, I think is great. Um, Brett, how did, you know when? Let's start with you. Like when you got like started into X Wing and everything, like. Did you ever expect that you'd possibly be on an X-Wing podcast? No, definitely not. Nor did I ever think I would uh, listen to an X-Wing podcast. So things went very off rails very quickly because I got super hooked on this game. And before I knew it, had like Amazon boxes coming every day with new ships. Um, I couldn't even open them up fast enough. Uh, so no, I did not think I would ever be on a podcast and i certainly did not think that this would become like my primary hobby at all but uh as soon as you i think go to like your first competition and get that experience it's, it's really hard to 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 stop if it's something you're interested in right and you know it's funny as you mentioned that and like i know i knew some people are kind of like uh you know i just went to the x-wing tournament and i'm b i'm taking a little bit of a break because i've always had the opposite effect that i'm always chomping at the bit that i'm just like when's the next one like what can i do to improve my list what can i do to uh do this x y and z and that is something that uh uh i definitely enjoyed about the game and uh i i don't know maybe that's my adhd i mean that i'm just i get hyper fixated but no I, i shouldn't say that because like there's been there was this past uh december after uh, packs unplugged. I hit not. I shouldn't say hit a wall, but I was kind of just like, you know, this is gonna be a retirement. I have a lot going on. I've got nothing else, you know, like that's drawing me into this game. And I, I just, and it wasn't even just this game. It was just like a lot of life things going on. It was just like, but it, it, there's just something about it that like it keeps me coming back. And like I'm just like I enjoy it, and I enjoy throwing dice at people, and I enjoy blowing things up, and. uh that's where I'm kind of coming at with all of this. It's like, like I said, like I even said to like my wife, I was thinking to retire or just like kind of like doing very casually and like not just like at the same time. I'm just like, there's a level of fixation that I have on this, and uh, we can go through like different topics that um we might come to mind. But like, uh, okay, so we're on the topic of like podcasts, like. Let's go over that like a little bit. Um, Jonathan, you used to be a real big avid X-Wing podcast listener, and you're probably like our X-Wing historian because you could probably tell us like who won every single world's championship from the start of X-Wing. But like when you started like listening to podcasts and everything, like was that just um you looking for something to listen or like tell me what what you thought? What's going through your head of, like, the X-Wing podcast world and, like, us starting out? So I think, like, when I first started playing X-Wing, I was super interested in learning more, getting better, right? 
And in the beginning, there were there's one UK podcast, which it was like called like the X-Wing podcast, and they have been gone for like many, many years. And then there was Nova Squadron, and um, I totally forget the name of the podcast, but it was from Texas, and it's the one where Jeremy Chambly was on it. Uh, Is it Scum and Villainy? uh, No, and then there's Scum and Villainy. So those were the, no scum and villainy was with uh, Kelvin Tiberius, huh? and uh, and then like I would like listen to them and try to extract little nuggets of information on how to get good, and uh, I already forgot what your original question was, Andrew. Sorry, maybe it was it's a bad a, idea to drink. <laughs> it was not a bad idea to drink. My original question was, it was exactly that. Like, what draw drew you into like you know listening to podcasts and. Um... Oh, so like I really wanted to learn about like hints and tips and like to get better. And, um, you know, I remember on that original, like that UK podcast, they someone had said, hey, you can judge how far away you are from the board edge based on where obstacles are placed. And if you're within, like if there's an obstacle, if you're, if so you can judge how to do K turns towards the edge of the board and know that you're still in range. Uh, so like if you're an X-Wing and they can do a 4K and you're inside of where a asteroid is compared to the board edge, you know that it will fit. Uh, and then I remember when the first time I heard that, it just sort of blew my mind. And um, there was an old series, it's still there on YouTube, called X-Wing Strategy Tips by Nick Sabicki. And... Uh, he talked about the rule of 11. So he's the first person who delineated the rule of 11 and how to fly in formation. And in the old days, Dave Pontier, Pixid, uh, on Board Game Geek, had posted stuff on like mm. tie swarms and how to fly a tie swarm. And that's what I looked for at the beginning. And then I became a very avid listener of just like what's going on in the meta what happened in this random like tournament in Australia or Europe. Um, so yeah, I have listened to lots of X-Wing podcasts over the years, but I'll admit right. over the course of the pandemic, it has really fallen off for sure. me. Um, yeah, and it's funny because like, I, I mean, it, that's the thing about like X-Wing as opposed to like a, a computer game or a video game. It is something that like you don't get as much table time or that you would in these other formats. So it's kind of like, you know, you might listen to them and like, identify uh that they've kind of you might hear something that you don't normally think of or something like that whereas um you know you could try something out but it's an hour of your time that you can be like okay this works and this doesn't work uh where as opposed to like head sims and, and like I, I think i did the same exact thing where it was kind of like i uh, was listening to like understand things better and like really kind of learn the game as opposed to um like learn it for like different like reasons of uh i wouldn't i don't think that i would say i, I listened I, I think it was a benefit of listening of uh that's how i got the rule of 11 and uh all those little tricks down as they eventually popped up on these podcasts um but uh, i think that was one of the big things that i did was that it was you know, I, I'm not thinking of everything, and uh, maybe there is something cool that I would want to try, and I don't have the time to really kind of put into uh, thousands of hours into this game. So that was definitely one of the things that I uh, um, listened to. But uh, Chance, how about you? Like, you're newer to the game as opposed to us, and um, like, what was your 
go to when you started listening to podcasts and all that stuff? Um, so I mean, yeah, the, the, the go-to, I obviously originally started with Gold Squadron because, you know, they were, I, I still didn't really know what I was looking for and they're the, the biggest name in podcasts for X-Wing, obviously. But after, uh, after talking to some people, I listened to a bunch of the old, like, uh, Crate episodes, um, especially the ones, some of the ones that had Paul Heaver on them, talking about, uh, obstacle placement and stuff, which is all stuff that's still relevant today, even though those were from years ago. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can't remember any specific, what specific podcast I listen to, though it's sad to say a bunch of them are gone now for a multitude of, uh, of reasons. But, uh, yeah, when I, I specifically remember I came into Showcase for the first, or, uh, Top Deck for the first time, Andrew here completely destroyed me. And that was kind of the the kicker for me realizing just how awful I was at this game and that I needed to get better. And that's when I started looking into all the different podcasts and all the different articles like the the Rule of Eleven and the TIE Swarm ones and all that. And I just started soaking all of that up because of my competitiveness. And I couldn't right. handle the fact that Andrew destroyed me like he did. He uh, is a bully. Wait a second. <laughs> Brett can't call anybody else a bully, and I, well, I'm sitting here in the Red Seal uh, gaming, and everyone's saying about how Brett is a bully, and um, I'm literally watching the same chat come in. <laughs> and Brett is not very nice, so Brett is our in-house bully, and I think it's important that he knows that, and you guys know that. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's it. Seems okay. Hot take time. I'm going to go, uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the biggest pieces of advice that people ask me uh, about X-Wing, and um, like if, if there was one thing that I could tell them that about podcasts and stuff like that, and my piece of advice is to stop listening to podcasts. Uh, I, I've even heard this on different uh, casts too, but um, uh, a lot of the, I, I think I was listening to podcasts for the wrong reason, and like I said, it, it could have been for me like a, uh, trying to find different things also at the same time like the table time and head sims and uh learning all these different rules is a very important part of the game and like a lot of times you see like different um things pop up in the meta that just aren't part of the meta and there's a reason they do so well and um i don't want to say that the podcasts that we have now have devolved i know we've devolved over the pandemic, I'm really kind of hoping to get back to what we were at a certain point. Um, but I, I mean, like, I think people rely way too heavy on listening to someone that they shouldn't be listening to about um, certain things, and, and like whether things are good or things are not good. Um, I won't call out any specific podcasts on stuff. Of, that has happened in the past but it's also i will give praises um the crates are like probably have one of like the best podcasts for gathering up information if you can get through a lot i mean i haven't listened to the crates in a while but i know also know that uh there was one time that it was like i would listen to like three hours of it and it was um like them playing smash brothers but i also think that it was at like in a dark time of X-Wing, and uh, that's when I stopped listening to podcasts altogether. 
But uh, like I said, I, I find it really uh, hard to listen to. And I, I appreciate everyone that is giving this a listen. I know I'm probably uh, really kind of stabbing myself and the, you know. The gritty. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, I, I think one, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that, to, to jump off your point is uh, you're, you're, you're not wrong. It's, it's not a great idea to just take everything that podcasters say, us or otherwise, to heart but i mean the 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 big thing too is because there are so many x-wing podcasts there is some really good information out there especially about like the the core mechanics of the game or uh like like not stuff that is derived of the current meta or what ship is good or or whatever but just the the basics on how to play the game and how and when to make like certain kinds of decisions but whether it be maneuvers or you know splitting your fire, all all sorts of stuff like that, it can just be a little tricky to find some of it in the mess of how much information there is out there. Picking the the good stuff out. Yeah. Sorry. I was gonna say. I think the the most important thing is to to figure out which podcasters you find to be trustworthy. Like I personally listen to everything Chris Allen says, and I take it almost as gospel until I'm proven otherwise. I like when I first started the the crates were were kind of at their their peak. Uh, they were doing their listener series, uh, which is I think probably the best X-wing podcast content that has ever been put out. Um, it, it's to this day I still would recommend it above probably any other episodes of any other podcasts. They were so thorough and uh they really opened my eyes exactly to the type of strategy that could exist in a game like this. Because, you know, when you first get it, you, you kind of just think it's it's more fun, right? Like, you have no idea how intense it could be. Um, and, like, like Paul Heaver, too. Like, if, if he's on an episode, I will go and I will listen to that episode. I might ignore everything that every other person on that podcast is saying, but I want to hear what he says because... I mean, he's obviously the most proven commodity, probably of, of anyone. Um, so you gotta you gotta filter through a lot of uh, of noise to get to the the great nuggets. But they're they're out there. Like if you're a new player, the the Fly Better uh, Flight Academy series, like that's that's really good stuff. I mean, a lot of it is is basic, I think, for for people who've been playing for a while. But new players, that stuff's gonna be gold. And then go listen to the Crate Listener series, and you're already gonna be ahead of a lot of people. Right, I, I definitely agree with you that there is a lot of great material out there, but there's also just as much filth out there, and <laughs> it's just like, all right, we're gonna sit through all this. That, uh, I mean, and, and the reason I, I'm having this episode is I want something different that I, I don't want people to. I mean, I'm to, we're, we're talking about the community, we're talking about different things in the uh, in the X-wing world, and I, and I think that stuff is important. We will get back to uh, the important stuff of like talking about. Uh, tips tricks and strategies and list building and all that fun stuff um but like i said you i think you hit it on the nose that there is a lot of really great stuff that you can gather in a lot of these podcasts and everything like that and like uh but uh, i will play devil's advocate to a extent on the opposite side is a lot of these um i wouldn't say podcasts but there there are some really bad clicks that come out of uh x-wing and not just the podcast in general but man is it um 
a different world. I mean, and I know we talk about like uh, how great the community is as well, but I also, you know, see, I wouldn't say that um, having been a podcaster, but I guess being in the scene for so long, it, it's really interesting to see um, the different personalities um, through the years and how things have really kind of, uh, I, I mean, like, so I, I think Chris Allen kind of like really touched base on this a while back when what is it the lone star open happened and basically went on this big rant about um i I shouldn't really say a rant because he really made a good statement of you know just the player base and how like derogatory it's got toward other people and people talking behind each other in the back and it's kind of like it's such it kills the game to a point that like you know this world like one of the top things that everyone kind of says with x-wing is the community is so much different in x-wing and um this and that and, and everything like that it's not warhammer it's not like all these other games that it's so welcoming but i, I also think at the same time there is these cliques and there's these gangs and like i, I we in, in the northeast we have a great amount of squadrons and i know we practice with each other and everything like that but at the same time we are 100 percent completely friendly with each other and whenever we would ever absolutely help each other that is always right there that uh, we would um go and like kind of like strategize with each other and like and do all, all that stuff but i think you really need to be careful of who who and what kind of information you're taking from a lot of these podcasts and um kind of really uh, we're going to do a future episode on um what is it um like team building and really really kind of processing things with um uh, as opposed to just um going into things by yourself and i am probably rambling here but uh I think it's very important to make sure you note that yourself. What do you think? Trying to say is hot take. Don't listen to everyone else's hot takes. Maybe. Yeah, Jonathan. I was going to say, I I feel like a podcast may not be the best form of uh, sort of delivering X-Wing or strategy content. Say it again. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, so I don't think that uh, podcasts are necessarily the best way to convey like the to convey X-wing content. So like some really good stuff is more like in video. So um, Brett was referring to the listener series from the crates. So like Absolutely. crate tape, crate tape is really good. Crate tape, awesome, fantastic. Tape. Uh, and then. If you might remember, is this is from a long time ago, but uh, Gold Squadron had a thing called X-Wing Mind Games, which I thought was really great, actually. Yeah, I wish they had uh, done more of those. That was, I was so sad like the one, stuff. The one I remember, like I really remember the one where they had the uh, the brothers from Australia, the uh, the Foss brothers. Foss brothers. Yeah, so they played each other, but then you could hear their internal monologues as they were playing each other Ooh. on Vassal. And then uh, Corian was on there. And then Kevin Lines used to have a series where they did vas- they watched they replayed Vassal games like they had the Vassal logs and they replayed the games and they go see like um, turn by turn sort of breaking down each turn by turn being like and then him and his compatriots sort of I forget the name of his group Echo Base. but they would oh Echo Base yeah Echo Base Radio 
uh, I, I, I just remember Echo Base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they go turn by turn and be like, okay, this is what I do. This is what this guy would do. And then they break it down. And it was super helpful. And even before then, there used to be a series where people would post, uh, like famous X-Wing people would post like, you know, this is a turn. What does what what's the right move in the next turn? And people would comment. And I know that Fly Better used to do. I don't know if they still do, but they used to have a series of that on their Facebook group where they would, uh, where Farmer would play would post a question, what's the correct next move? And people would comment and give their thoughts. An another one is uh, the 186 Squadron that uh, Ali Pocknell is from. They did a series called Veteran Instincts which is kind of like the crate tapes where they would have a game from Vassal or TTO and they would have one or both of the um of the players on going over every single move they made do they think this was the optimal move so on and so forth there's some really good uh really good episodes they've had a lot of really good players on there um and a pretty diverse amount of matchups too to kind of talk about what you do in different uh list matchups yeah, uh, there, don't get me wrong. There's some great content out there. I I think my my warning is to just uh, watch out for ulterior ulterior ulterior. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and uh, and that stuff's out there too. But like I said, there is uh, all these uh, that you are listening are absolutely great, and I do enjoy. It. I mean, every seeing them all. Uh, Corey on, like I said, was a local that was on that mind games. Uh, he was out in Chicago for a little bit and then came back. Hi, Corey. Um, but um, we should really look into doing. I'm talking about it. Um, we should do X-wing mind games. We can. We we have to name we it differently. Totally could. Now that you and I play, is that is that a copyright like lawyer? Is that is that something that we'd have to rename, or is that like a concept? Is that like a uh, I mean, I think we would want to rename it, but uh, we can call it like X Wing uh, Games Jedi on the Mind. Mind. The, the gritty games. The gritty games. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we should do that. Um, it would be funny. No, it would be awesome. Um, so we should. You know what we should do is we should be a podcast that talks about other x-wing podcasts where we just listen to all the podcasts of the week and then we come back on sunday and say okay so this is what you know gold squadron talked about this is what blah 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 talked about and so x-wing all them you just podcast to aggregate with them exactly that's a terrible idea i know it, yeah I'd that's, that's pretty down. horrible i mean i do listen to you know two or three podcasts a week when i can but same same um i think uh i think if we, if we did that i would um I think I would just go into a depression and. So I, I want to get back to, to what you were talking about with like how some people are, are, you know, not having a good time. Other people are having a really good okay. time. Yes. I think that was a, a good thing. So um, I have been in that sp spot too, where I have needed a break or where I've just not been having as much fun as I had had previously. Um, and right now, I'm having some of the, the most fun that I've ever had playing X-Wing. Why? And that's what I'm getting to. I think the reason is because I am playing more X-Wing than I have ever played before. Andrew and I have been playing like three to four nights a week. Um, I've been playing with Chance every now and then. I was playing with Paul Braggins like uh, 
like maybe like once a week or so on on uh, Tabletop Simulator. So I've been getting a ton of games in um, when I, I didn't used to. And you know what's really fun about X-Wing? Actually playing X-Wing. Making lists is fun too. You know, head simming is fun, but actually getting there, actually rolling the dice, and just getting that, you know, that social time is really fun. Um, and I think that a lot of the people who are not having fun right now are much more focused on the complaining part than they are on the actual playing part. And I think if uh, people were just, uh, you know, willing to, to play the game more instead of, you know, trying to take a stand um, or, or, you know, fix the game when none of us are, are really game developers, we all might be in a better position as far as an X-Men community goes. Ooh, so, okay. Um... I took a deep dive into the X-Men Reddit this past week, and... I'm so sorry. Are, uh, it was... They... It, it's interesting to read, because there is the um, X-Wing 2.0 purist, or the... Legacy. Remember what called, Bre- Legacy group, and... Um, it, it seems like there's a great divide. And, like, I understand that, it, you know, I'm getting this information off of Reddit, and I am seeing creep on Facebook and all this stuff. And like I said, there is a divide where it's kind of like um, it's not a supported game and people are saying, well, we're supporting it. And I know that's going to be a lot of work for them. And I really wish the best to them. Um, I not complaining that they are, um, you know, doing what they're doing or anything like that, because if you want to play X-Wing in that way, you do it, man. You absolutely do it. However... I mean, that's kind of like, uh, I've had some, I wouldn't say complaints, but like I had some like issues, I think, when we were at the end of 1.0 and, um, you know, we're their podcasts were making the objective plays and everything like that. And I'm not a big fan of homebrew, like at all. And so that's kind of like where I stand, where it's like, if you are a like group of people that are kind of just like making your own rules and you enjoy that, like, that's on you, but like I also think um, I really enjoy the structure of having AMG tell us what things are, and, and because it is their game. But I also think um, I also think that they're going to have a very hard time of like keeping up with it. And I know they they claim they're thriving. And I know they claim that, you know, it is great and, you know, it's, it's what they want to do. And like I said, it's great, but it's it's been a month. It's been like that it's kind of like popped out. So um, I, I what I really kind of hope happens is that there are people that still like to play 2.0 and like we'll do that. But I also think at the same time, like um, 2.5 is the supported game and they uh, I think it needs some fine tuning. I don't think it is a perfect game. Um, uh, I was literally thinking about this today when I was running head sims in my head, and it's like you run them, and um, <laughs> it's like uh, I was kind of like hoping for different things, like uh, as far as um, different objectives, I would say, or like uh, something that would throw a little bit of a wrench into what we currently have at the moment, and it's only been. T- two months that uh the game has been out so uh it's it's something that like i said it's going to be fine tuning but at the same time brett we have been playing a lot and it's because we are having fun and it's kind of like we're learning things again like 
today's midnight or game, I learned not to throw Boba at a bunch of missile carrying Jedi because he still will die, even though when people tell you he doesn't die. Uh, so it, it is a ton of fun to play. And, and it's like, yes, maybe you do enjoy 2.0 better. But I think in the long run of things, when things finally get back to what they used to be, uh, when 2.0 and the uh, really came out and all the fun uh, tournaments and uh, the. I'm sorry, uh, the. Uh, what were they called? The regionals and all that stuff. The hyperspace like that. trials. The hyperspace yeah, trials the and all that kids. stuff. Like, I think when that stuff really kind of kicks up again, like it's it's going to prevail and it's really going to be fun and, and I, I enjoy it. That's and my I think rant. I think we've already seen a little bit of that just in our local scene anyway with some of the Red Seal tournaments and. I mean, heck, even I mean I know it wasn't two point five, but Pax Unplugged had a pretty good turnout of people. Um, so I, th- I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a process, but the community is starting to come back and people clearly want to play. So, right. So, and like when I, I'm saying that it's like, um, like we, like the retention of players, like I, I you see it in every, in every, I, I guess I should say, um, edition, like uh, it's really kind of shocking that they did this without making it like a 3.0 or anything like that, uh, that they kind of just like dropped this, all this new information without having any kind of support, uh, that you can buy that. It's just, you know, you have to go to the website and that's it. So it's, it might hurt new players jumping into the game and, I people that might not like the 2.5 might be like, well, just come play 2.0 with us and all that stuff. But uh, I think there needs to be some kind of upgraded. Uh, yeah, like we need something. a new core set, right? Like right, like even even yo, know, I, I mean, honestly, if AMG came out and just did this, where they were just like, here is all the stuff for free on our website. You can print them and they will be perfectly legal. And here is a 2.5 upgrade kit that literally just has objective tokens, cards, small, small opinion on that from another podcast I listened to. Um, So with all, every faction now, I know, right? Every faction now has kind of like their own mini starter set, right? That comes with three ships, comes with a lot of the tokens um it just doesn't come with dice and range rulers and stuff like that right um which you can buy all separately anyway and you have always been able to um so instead of coming out with a whole new 3.0 core set because one like what faction do you put in it and all that um coming out with a uh, a card set a 3.0 but just a card set so just cards um, because a lot of people, we don't really need a new core set with a lot of the tokens, because when you're buying the ships, you basically get all the tokens you need. Um, and I think that would kind of bridge that little that little gap that we have, instead of having to buy a whole new core box. Because um, the other thing is, a lot of that cardboard is one of the more expensive parts for them to make. Uh, whereas the, the, the ship cards and stuff are are so cheap they, they they can and we've seen those card packs be successful even just like the newer one with the the pride of mandalore 
Um, so I think like a, a kind of a, a 2.5, 3.0 new core set that's just the new, uh, you know, new rule book and new um, like like ship cards and upgrade cards and stuff like that. No, no cardboard in it per se, like the punch cardboard. Right. Remember, I mean, like, the, the nice thing about uh, you know, 2.0 was that. There is no rule book, right? Like it's it's a living document, which is why they're able to make a change like they are now. Um, the only issue is that no one was expecting the game to go from, you know, Fantasy Flight to to AMG. So uh, when you open it up and it's directing you now to Fantasy Flight's X-wing page that no longer exists, you can't get the that document. But like I don't think we we want a a hard rule book because we want them to have the flexibility to change things since. I think we all can agree that there probably are some things that need to be changed. I can, I can, I can agree. And I, I see where you're coming from. I just, I also look on it, look at it. Cause I, I know when we're talking about podcasts and strategy and all this, X-Wing does just sell to people that want to play X-Wing on their kitchen tabletop. And when they buy the game, they need something. Um, and I don't, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but if I buy a game and then the rulebook directs me to a website to have to get the rules, and then like have to either, pr- I, I don't know, th- th- that might just be a me thing, but I, I personally wouldn't be a huge fan of that. I also think that, a, I'm not going to say AMG, I think, I feel like FFG kind of dropped the ball with our app. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> The X-Wing app that it was kind of like very, uh, it, it was supposed to be like some kind of companion. And dude, that was bad. Been cool, but they so dropped the ball on it. And, uh, and I think that was, I mean, if, if you, uh, if you literally just like bought a core box and were like, okay, and you open up the core box and it said, download the X-Wing app on the Play Store or blah, blah, blah. And you were like, okay. Uh, and, and, and that's... That, that's totally different. If it was an app, I'd be I'd be down with it. I'm just not down with the go to our website and download and print out the rules or or something like that. Now, to be fair though, Chance literally just got a ticket for not printing out his registration today. So listen, listen, is not I don't exactly Chance's strong suit. I don't appreciate these callouts. I, I don't at all. Listen, all right, who here owns a printer? I know Jonathan probably does. He's I do. He's Mr. Gen X. Jonathan, do you have a printer? Uh, yes. Does it have ink in it? Yeah. Darn. I do not. I have a printer, but it doesn't. I don't think I've bought ink in over like two years. I have school-age children. They need a printer. Uh, that's true. See, I'm the only person here that doesn't have kids. I don't have a printer. So I guess I, is that the qualification? If you have kids, you have to have a printer. Just print it out at work. That's what we all do. I work wow, Brett, are you attempting to have me steal company property on company time? Sure. Why did, okay, <laughs> that's okay. what they consider. Why did, Brett, why did you buy into X-Wing? Um, I looked at it for years and years at Target, walking by, um, being like, God, those things look so cool, but like, what do you do? Like, Just put them at the table and make pew-pew noises and say like, oh, I killed your ship. Like, I had no idea that there were dice or... Which is what he does now. ...or all this crap. No, now I just kill ships. Um, but, you yeah, know, it, it just looked cool. I wanted to see what this was all about. So I bought a corset when it was, like, 
16 bucks or something on Amazon and then I was hooked after one game. Chance, why'd you buy an X-Wing? What uh, made you buy a corset? So kind of the same thing. I had known about the game for a while, but I was worried about buying into a game that I didn't have anyone to play it with. Um, so my friend and uh, local player, Rob Niesler, at PAX uh, East one year, I literally went up to him, asked him if he'd teach me how to play. We got a corset from the tabletop sign-out at, at, uh, at East and played a couple games with the two TIE Fighters and an X-Wing, and I was literally hooked at that point. And now I knew I had people to play with, so I bought in hard. And then only to find out that there's a way bigger community than I had any that I had any idea that it existed. Jonathan, same question. So I was listening to a role-playing cup podcast years ago. It was called the Jankcast, and every week they had a section about like what games did you play this week, stuff that unrelated to their main topic, and. That's when I first learned about X-Wing when some of the local hosts on that podcast say, hey, we go to the Dice Dojo in Chicago and play X-Wing. And so I picked up a corset and some expansions and it sat on my shelf for like a year before I actually took it off <laughs> the shelf and played. And true story, like I could never go to showcase on Tuesdays because I always went to the gym to go to this CrossFit class. And then one year, one day I actually had a concussion and could not go to my crossfit class and then i started going to x-wing at showcase and uh yeah so now i play x-wing and i'm much less fit than i used to be uh that's a shame i i, I think it was the same similar story of i uh, i just uh I, I mean we started getting me and my group we started getting really into board games and we always saw the x-wing ships on the uh and we went to a game store and it was like oh you know x-wing okay star wars and then I was like, eventually, I was like, all right, let's try it. And then, like, I had to buy a Falcon and a Slave One and a Corset. And then, like, we didn't even really re we read the rules enough to play the game, but, like, we each just picked a ship and then, like, went with it and then played on, like, a giant dining room table without a mat. And, uh, but I think that's, like, I guess, like, my point is, like, no one. I mean, did anyone pick it up because it was Star Wars? Yeah, me. Oh, you you like uh, big in Star Wars like that? Yeah, I like Star Wars. I mean, I, I have never mean, played a game like this or gone to a game store or knew a game store even existed beforehand. See, before this, I used to play um, Hero Clicks, which was a, a Marvel slash DC um, miniatures game by WizKids. But through the years, the the um, community for that in the local area more or less died off so i ended up um just sitting on the stuff for forever and i've always been a big star wars fan and rob is also a huge star wars fan um and actually as my i sold my hero clicks collection in order to <laughs> afford buying in to x-wing so it kind of worked out but uh, I, I admittedly, comparative to Heroclix, Heroclix I just kind of played at my local store. I never had any dreams or aspirations of like going to worlds or tr just traveling in general for it like I did with, with X-Wing. And now, I, I couldn't imagine playing this game and not traveling to some of the big events and 
meeting some of the people and and did the whole experience that was worlds was amazing i went to my Wait. first x-wing event and it was right before the naboo open happened in syracuse and a couple people who i met there were going and i remember i i said like yeah i can't imagine i would ever like want to drive up to syracuse to go to an event Syracuse is like maybe two and a half, three hours away now, which I do like driving wise every time I go to a tournament now. Like now I'm thrilled when it's only two and a half hours. So yeah, boy, did my perspective change. Say, Brett, was that the first, uh, that was the first system open at Syracuse the very first year? I, I think they only ended up doing the, the, the one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was I went, oh, I went with, uh, who did I go with? Caputo, Cooper, McCracken some others we took a van up there it was uh was that the one did paul heaver win that one he did win that one yes yeah i was yeah it was great i was there i think i never played a miniatures game before x-wing and um i like star wars not the biggest star wars fan but if this was generic spaceship battle i probably would not have picked it up Mm -hmm. you know i think the star wars name made me pick it up if it was like you know, something other sci-fi, not Star Wars, I probably would have not uh, bought it. I hate Star Wars. It's the worst. Really? You're in the right place, then. I don't you know. Nobody, like, I nobody... like the game. <laughs> but the Jedi are dumb. I mean, we literally named your baby Baby Talon Bane. You did. You did. I guess some of us have to actually like Star Wars to, to keep this game relevant. Nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. It's true. I mean, like, okay. I take offense I to that statement. Before, <laughs> what was the, what was the last one that came out? Whatever. Rise of Skywalker? Okay, so I sat through, before that movie came out, I sat through and watched episode one through eight. In that order, too. And, man, are those movies bad. Every single one of them. Even Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Are we wow. doing this tonight? Are we doing this? I'm, We're not doing this. This, this is my hot take. That's, that's so, a it, it, Yeah. But, but it, going back to what I'm talking about is that like I enjoy the game that it is. And um, it, it, the theme of the game is very accurate. And I enjoy that uh, that about the game. And, and But I like it. I like the game that much. That I I don't care. I mean, if it was a different game, I I probably wouldn't play it. I would say. But here's a small question: Like, do you do you like the ships, like the actual like designs, and you know, like the actual ship designs and everything? I mean, they are. I, I mean, there's nothing I uh, I care too much about. Ugh, look at this. There's yeast at the bottom of my beer. I don't know if you can see it on camera, but it's like. <laughs> It's been on its side. Like, I can see, like, cloudiness in the bottom of my beer, and it's kind of grossed me out a little bit. Yeah, I'm so, a little grossed it, thinking about that. Yeah, like, it lo- almost looks like it's, like, mold, but I know that it says best before 5 8 2022. So, I, I that's fine. Be good. It's Belgian. I'm just going to have some really bad times in the morning. We'll say that. Um, <laughs> but going back to what I said, it's a game that I enjoy, that I enjoy the, uh, I mean, the, like I said, I'm not a Star Wars fan. Like I, I enjoy, I enjoy the environment that it is and I enjoy like, but like, I mean, I'm, when I went down to Disney, whatever, a couple of weeks ago, the, the whole Star Wars world was great. I know people are like, it's called Galaxy's Edge, not Star Wars world. But 
it, I mean, it's something I could live without. But to the point that I'm saying is that I enjoy the game that much that uh, it doesn't even matter to me. Like, I don't care too much about, like, any of the lore or anything like that, that I just enjoy the game that much. Uh, so you, like, didn't is. read the, like, the X-Wing books growing up or anything like that? No. Oh, absolutely not. No. Like, that's one of the things that got me excited <laughs> was, re- like, I had read all the books, and then, like, I saw, oh, wow, there's... Like an E-Wing, I'd never heard of a freaking E-Wing before, like because I didn't read the comics or anything, but I heard that Corrin Horn was a pilot, and I was like, holy crap, like, my childhood is back. And, like, then I realized, like, Merrick Steele, wait, I remember playing TIE Fighter. Was, yep, just all, about to mention. Like, all these, then the TIE Defender, like, oh my god, I loved that ship. So all my childhood memories, like, were captured in this game. And that, that made it so much more fun to me. Like, I can't imagine, uh, like... I don't know, without having that, that love for, you know, the the theme, I guess. I mean, I didn't even know Dengar was in the movie until, like, I looked up who Dengar was and why does he have this ship that everybody loves. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's that guy from that movie. It's that one's eye. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know really anything about, like, Dengar or Bosk, any of those people. It was, it was more like the heroes I, I knew about. Andrew, I think he's in the same movie with Talon Bane and uh, Sunny... Sunny Bounder. Sunny Bounder. Yeah. You the know, three of them go on an adventure. Is like is Talon being like actually like anything in Star Wars? They made it up. Yeah, Did that's they one of those that's one of those FFG created I think, characters. I think Alex Davy years ago in a in an interview just said we just made this up because they needed Scum needed a um initiative nine pilot in first right. edition. Cause I know and, uh Sunny Bounder and, was like a from the RPG. Yeah, like a swoop bike racer. I don't know how right. I know that. But um, I think what Alex Davies said is like Talon Bane Cobra is not a person, but it's more like um, if you're familiar with the Princess Bride, it's more like the Dread Pirate Roberts, like a title. That's it. Oh, nice. I like that. The... So it's like you are Talon Bane Cobra, just like you are the Dread Pirate Roberts. Your Talon Bane trivia of the day. Talon Bane was actually first mentioned in the 1.0 Tansari Point Veteran generic of the M3A. Uh, in the uh, the flavor text, it mentions the defeat of Black Sun Ace Talon Bane Cobra, uh, and that actually was before they made the Talon Bane Cobra actual pilot. Yeah, so that would definitely no, before they made the Kirax. Yeah, but I think FFG made it up just like they made up the uh, was the uh, not the Gazanti but the Raider. Yeah, they made that. The Sea Rock. Yeah. The, or, the no, they made the the Raider is was invented by FFG. Okay, let's go into a hot topic. Um. So when FFG kind of gave the reins over to. Uh, AMG, I'm trying to tread lightly on this topic. I was going to say gave is a uh, an interesting sure. word. Um, a lot of things changed with their playtesting. And, and uh, I'm not going to... We can't break NDA on air. I mean, I'm not under NDA anymore. But like we did a lot of playtesting for FFG. And um, we kept their name off a lot of the... Uh, back of the boxes so to because you look at the back of these boxes and you see all the people that uh 
are kind of on it. And and you do see some big names on there, do you not? Like, right, yeah, it makes you really on, like, everyone. <laughs> Paul Heaver is on every single one. I think Chris but Allen's on a lot of them, too. Right. And both of these people are kind of like people that you kind of want to see on the back of these boxes. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like you get a good um, feeling when you see them and things like that. But then, I, 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 okay, so when I was playtesting, I think one of my biggest gripes with it was you get a lot of people that have a lot of emotion towards things that aren't even good, like that don't know the game or they might just see something they don't like. And they don't give reason to why they don't like it, but it's kind of like they don't like it, so they write on rants and a lot. Um, is this something we shouldn't be talking about, or do you think I'm fine saying? Yeah, I'm fine saying that. Yeah, I think you're fine. Um, like I said, I'm not going to bring up any, any specific instances, but it, it's also very like uh, it, it's interesting to see the the sway that playtesting actually provides to the game so it's when you do see people that are like um saying these things it makes you really kind of think of uh like the control the community has into the game and and it makes me like uh, i don't know a little happy and a little sad because like i i do see Chris Allen and I do see Paul Heaver and I've read their uh, playtest reports and like you know they're great and and then I've also seen the other side of things where it's kind of like I don't like this because it has a bad name and maybe it, that isn't just the reason they take it out but uh, it's also very um, very demoralizing to see that like <laughs> developers would do something like that when when uh, you play test things and they are uh, kind of good for the game. Uh, I mean, I, I'd offer a counterpoint uh, being very vague. I mean, there was something that was very clear was a problem, and lots and lots and lots of people mentioned it, but it still slid by. Are you talking about the Nantex? Maybe. Okay, well, okay, because I think we're all in the back of the Nantex yeah, box. Yeah, it's the Nantex. So, I mean, we, I don't, we don't have to talk about that, but holy crap, was the Nantex bad from what it was? <laughs> You're going to give me way too much editing there. today. No, 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 no. I think this is fine. Because, uh, I mean, AMG is not coming after us. FFG won't know anything with the deal. They'll be like, oh, X-Wing, we don't have that anymore. But it's, anyway. It's O-Toodles you have to be worried about, buddy. O-Toodles. It's, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there, there was things that, like, the Nantex evolved from, like, 10,000 different things. Um. And then it's still kind of presented itself, which I I don't know. I think a tractor beaming is kind of it kind of killed the tractor beam mechanic. And you're not wrong. It's it's like, a, tractor beams are a very thematic thing to the Star Wars world. Like the I think of like the, the feedback and such from I like on the for like yeah not but it was very clear there were issues and it was known. Yes, I remember worlds. But, I uh, uh, like I said, the the influence um, that playtesters kind of give to these developers it, it is really kind of astounding. And and playtesters can't catch everything. The developers can't catch everything. And um, so so they they do make the best of it because they are under like time constraints and everything. 
but I, I think that is one thing that I, I really kind of hope to see change in the game. And from what I understand, uh, this is just hearsay, um, is that AMG is really kind of rotating playtesters now. And I hope that is the, the case, because it, it, if there's a lot of influence from one direction, then um, all the playtest groups that I've been in, there is names that are recognizable throughout. And I'm not just talking about like these uh, Heber and Chris Allen. There's names that you'd be like, okay, they are a playtester. And like... Uh, it, like I said, the way that they can kind of give is a lot to the game. So this actually kind of goes back to what we were talking about at first with, uh, you know, like taking podcasts with a grain of salt. Like when you go and you read those credits, like they match up quite closely with the names of the big podcasters out there. Like we, we almost get into a bit of a... Um, I don't want to call it an echo chamber because that's that's not really what I'm trying to get at, and I'm certainly not trying to make that negative connotation. But um, you know, the the people helping with the play testing are the people commenting on uh, you know what's good, what's fun, what like what the direction of the game should be as far as the public goes, and it it can have significantly greater influence than they might have if they also then were not. Uh, responsible for providing that playtest feedback like does that make any sense no it definitely does um it's hard to uh like i said it's it's hard to uh really talk about this subject when uh i I don't want to give away too much because it, it is a very delicate process um talking about playtesting right what was that? Anything you want to talk about playtesting? Um, no, I. It, it was an interesting thing to see happen. I was, I, I think honestly, without getting into details about anything, the thing that sh- surprised me the most was the speed in which it happened, like the speed mm-hmm. in which ideas were, were just trashed, really, um, you know, and and a complete redesign was done, um, and it. it it just kind of blew my mind that they, they could already have decided like, no, this, this was wrong. We're not doing this. We're going in this completely new direction. But then it almost seemed like we got to a point where it was like, all right, well, we've run out of time. So we're just going with what we have now, which was just right. Which was just the last version that was thrown out there. Not necessarily the best version or the right version. And so that, that it does bring up a good point of like, uh, so like with AMG, that is like that was the thing with the FFG and AMGs. Like I feel like AMG, we are in a state that they can just be like, okay, we're changing this card. Here's a new card to print out and leave it with the other card. Where I feel like FFG did not do that. They were kind of like, what's printed on the card is, and maybe I'm, you know, no, they they the only real erratas like that I can remember is just when they they changed the, um like the the imagery for like hits crits and and focuses where they used to have a slash in them when they did the uh the you know uh saws renegades and reaper like they really didn't want to change cards at all right and i feel like uh i mean even uh it might not have changed the card completely but it wasn't like when 
it was right when like AMG took over and like they had the B wing yeah the Hera problem and they were just like okay here's the new card here's what it's supposed to say right exactly yeah they, and they just, like, we, here, we here's yeah, the minor that. limitation right so and that is I, I will give AMG kudos to that is that they they are not afraid to just completely change in the card and being like okay. Uh, here you go. Here's a whole new card. Where, like I said, I talked about this before. Is I would be like so happy if they just completely change cards and they're just like, here's a new pilot ability and uh, here's the card for it. You want to know so, what's really like, surprising? Like, why is there a new Commandant Gorin card, but not a new Resistance Han or a new Hera card? Like, which of those pilots is the least important in Star Wars? And why is that the one that got an upgraded updated card while the other ones are banned? I don't know. It, it makes that I don't know. That makes no sense to me. Like I, I think maybe of all the choices that were made, that could be one of or the one I disagree with the most. Maybe that and or uh, you should you should write it through zero attacks. L- L- Listen, Gorn was a very integral part in in uh in Rebels. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like was he? I haven't watched all Rebels, so he, he's he's in like one episode. Okay, because I feel like I saw Hera <laughs> in at least two. <laughs> Commander who? Commandant Gorin or something. Commandant. I, I don't know how you say it. I'm not. I'm not a NASA Navy yeah, SEAL. He, he, he's in one veteran. episode. Johnny Kim, what do you think of uh, this subject? He would answer, but right now he's kicking some. You know. Some ass or something, or saving some ass. Who knows? It's probably in like the Ukraine, like winning a war or something, or on the International Space Station right now. But we're talking Maybe. about tiny spaceships, so we're equal. We are. Well, you know, we are technically all astronauts. Is that how this works? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, um, okay. So, yeah, I think we can, um, we. we we had our time play testing. Uh, I'm, I for one, am glad I experienced it, but I don't think I would uh, do it again at my own accord. If someone asked me to be like, "Yo, you want to be on my team?" I'd be like, "Sure, why not?" But I don't think I'd ever like push for it. Like I said, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of glad that I'm not play testing anymore and it kind of does ruin like the experience of like uh seeing new ships and new uh upgrades and everything but you already know what's coming and it's like uh it's fun uh to like know all that but i think at the same time it's also kind of cool to see things for the first time when you're actually seeing the ship models because you're not seeing any of that like you're just kind of like uh, you're kind of just like getting points and proxying everything with your own stuff yeah, and there has been one or two releases that came out that we knew absolutely nothing about, right, like recently, and and that was exciting, right? I remember we were even like, wait, is this actually a real thing? Like, And, and we got to have that experience again of like learning about all the stuff the same time everyone else was, and I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. On one have... hand, it's nice, but on the other hand, <laughs> it's, it's, I think, cool to just be able to be a fan and watch the stuff come in. Mm. Definitely. I just kind of wouldn't mind right now knowing because everyone's like, oh, there's nothing in development. It would be nice to see and reassure myself that this is not a dead game. (laughs) I mean, what if it is a dead game? 
then I'll be really I mean, sad. Like, this is hands down now become my primary hobby. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I don't think they kill it. They just look at a lot of stuff to go through. I don't think they will either. I feel actually, I feel very yeah. uh, confident. Like once you actually watch the the streams that they do and everything, and not just read the angry feedback on the internet, like their their optimism level and their enthusiasm sounds uh, very high in my opinion. I do not think that they are trying to kill this game off. I mean, Armada got a uh, got an update, so I think we're yeah, fine. They're, and they're they're getting all, they have organized play support like. Yay. Even even the game that I would have sworn was dead two months ago has stuff. Dead game. All right. So let's hop into our final topic of the night. I don't have one. Wow. Way to get us all excited for nothing. You know, Brett, you were supposed to be drinking with us and you're not. Yeah, it's all my fault. You can edit this part out, though. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Okay, I I, I got it. (laughs) And there used to be a a thing for, like, the top-selling miniatures games, but I can only find one for the top five. (sighs) Yeah, and we're not up there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Legion is. And MCP. And that's fine because I mean they are. I think they bring a whole different element to the game, uh, the world, I should say. Where like X Wing is really, I think, is a good game, and it brings out the numbers, especially in tournament play. But it's like it's almost borderline miniatures game, like right. Like part of being a miniatures game is the painting, the building, making things your own, where X-Wing is one of those things where you can, and, and that definitely has the appeal of it. I know, Jonathan, you, you can affirm this, that like if you had to build your own models and paint them, you wouldn't be playing this. Oh, no. Like, if if I opened the corset and I had to assemble glue and paint them, then I would have just taken it back to the store. You, you, Actually, the same way. I would not be playing this game if I had one. to paint and uh, and assemble them. See, so I like painting the ships, but if I had to paint them, I don't think I would like it. I like having, like, the ability to do so on my own time if I'm in the mood for it, without it being a requirement. Last topic of the night. What do you want to see for the future of X-Wing? Now, like I said, I personally, I want to see... I want to see the uh, organized play tree come back, and uh, I really... think we might see it come soon but um i I know like i said it's still we're still murky with covid it's still not back to what it used to be but uh, we're getting close and um but i i know they won't really announce anything like that until we're completely out of it but i I really like i said i mean i'm not a huge star wars fan so like uh yeah sure this half my ships are almost all my tie fighters are probably broken because it's so delicate, but uh, uh, I, I just love the game that much that I could just th- slap a piece of cardboard on and throw whatever ship and, uh, you know. Uh, but that's what I'm saying is I, I enjoy the competitive tournament aspect of the game and because I like the game and uh, I feel like it's in a state, especially right now, that um, we are in a, I guess, you know, metas will evolve, but I also think there's a... Uh, a really good spot that we're in right now that a lot can work out and uh we'll see i mean other as long as they fucking figure out jedi sorry 
Sorry, Brett. Thank you. Um, and like you're saying, like we want store championships right back. Store championships, right, exactly. Like I'm gonna regionals. see, I want to see that tree come back. The the, uh, the store championships, the regionals, the system opens. Um, yeah, store championships were always my favorite events. Like for some people, right? Like they were their worlds for the year. Um, and I felt like it was one of the the chillest atmospheres that you could go to. Like I really enjoyed those. So I I I don't know if there's any events I miss more than store championships. Um and regionals too were, were also great. So I totally agree. We need those yeah. back. That's very I, I, important. Same here. I'm gonna travel down to games and stuff and O2 drop. That's my boy. Then the... All right. What else? Is there anything else you guys? I want two we'll new factions for the future of X Wing. Two new factions for the High what Re... for what the High Republic stuff. Which I'll be honest, I haven't been able to make it through a single one of those books right now. Um, but I think I I just am finding the re... the the writing to be very boring. So I just I like I re... literally reread the Thrawn trilogy instead of continuing to read them because I I couldn't do it. But they're supposed <laughs> to be good once you can get into them and uh i think that new factions are the easiest way to uh get a lot of new content out for the game so that's a very good uh topic um so with legion like they kind of are adding the the other factions where it's like the black sun syndicate um like they're adding these smaller factions um and it would be interesting if they kind of break up scum to a point because they really kind of can like you have like we are starting to see like the keywords and everything like bounty hunters and stuff like that but uh uh maybe keywords will be like the sub factions of stuff but uh so one thing i know they do in uh an mcp is they have keywords for like the X-Men, or the Avengers, or so on, and uh, how it was explained to me is that I think it's a certain percentage of your list has that, like, keyword. There's bonus, like, uh, abilities or or cards that you get to play. I wonder if something, uh, like, something like that, like, almost, like, running a thematic type of of list, sort of, using the keywords... Well, yeah, yeah, we've talked about this, like, where, like, the if you, like, Red Squadron, um, if you bring, like, X amount of Red Squadron ships, you would get something. Um, and with MCP, it is the affiliation that if you, the majority of your ships are in a certain affiliation, you get the leader's bonus for that uh, affiliation, um, which uh, could be done in X-Wing. I guess they could always add, like, a upgrade card that is an upgrade for your squadron that would be interesting if they add like a uh like it's, it costs a one point card that you could like it, it takes up squad points but it adds some kind of bonus to your uh squadron. yeah right and make it so like you can fly rogue squadron or yeah that would be really neat interesting are the, we the game developers now yeah i think so yes um Jonathan, what do you want to see for the future of X-Wing? I mean, I agree about the store championships. It was like the best time in X-Wing when it was store championship season. And you had tournament after tournament tournament after tournament. And then, no, that was great. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, so I agree. That's what I want most. 
<laughs> Bring it back, AMG. And having the buys was cool. Like, it made it all feel really connected. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the buys. Right? Like, oh, yeah, I won this. I got this buy at a store champ, which now means I guess I should go to a regional. And then, like, if you win the regional, I guess I should go to a nationals because I have a buy. Not that, you know, I've done that, but. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think we all agree on OP. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, uh, oh, I don't I, I think that that's probably the, the kickstart that this game needs to to really to really come back in full swing. Yeah, um, and, and like so, like okay, we have Nova coming up that is going to be a world's qualifier, um, but that's like the only other thing that's like been announced uh, other than the UK um, one. So it's interesting to see. I mean, like, I know we have plenty of time, but I mean, we and we don't know what Worlds is, but uh, I would expect something soon. Like, I, I really would imagine that they have to really kind of ramp this up eventually, especially if they're like leaking these ones without like a huge article. Yeah, they're my hopes, they're my dreams. I agree with you. We uh get all that all right so uh i hope you enjoyed our little ramble podcast yeah i mean even though when i switched to beer i felt like i uh cooled down a little bit all right so i want to thank everyone for listening wait wait before you're done um there's a charity tournament at ecg next weekend uh it's on the 30th east coast, gamers. east coast gamers in tom's river new jersey i think or right near there um i don't know if that's the actual town but it's the the big area there and uh for a good cause they are giving away a ton of stuff they have great auctions and raffles and uh if you can make it out you should try to make it out um andrew's gonna be there i'm gonna be there it's five rounds of x-wing uh right now there's like 36 people signed up uh, so try and go and, you know, support a good cause and have a fun day. Awesome. And we also have, uh, when is May 21st, yeah, May 21st is Rob's is Rob's, uh, showcase comics. And then I believe it is May 14th is Corey's at red caps. These are all listed in our events page. Um, on our Discord. So, if you are not a Discord member, please join our Discord. Or if you'd like to talk to us, join our Discord. We run events, we run leagues, we do all that fun stuff. We trash talk, talk a lot. About... We talk yeah. about how much Brett sucks. Brett is a tool. Um. So, thanks again for listening. Have a great night, and hope to see you soon.